What's shaking you tubanites? Welcome to Lords of the Long Box presents the cover price shakers of the week, aka the offer list. Although I think this list has a couple of books that a lot of people know about. You know what I'm saying? And since tomorrow is Friday, it's time to drop some freestyle music for you for Freestyle Friday, even though it's Thursday, but I'm not going to see you tomorrow. So sit back, relax, put on your headgear. We're going to give you a trip through the atmosphere. DJ Too Fresh throwing that Aquanet set on you on a Thursday for Freestyle Friday. I got my man Gabe's Loves 90 Comics says we're good to the party people. What's going on, everybody? Great list today. Watch out for these offers, but we're going to have fun. We're probably going to learn some cool information about some of these books. So, As we always do. JB, say what's good to the people. What is up, everybody, on our Thursday night show? Remember, if you're enjoying us, and I know you are, hit that thumbs up during some some point of the show. Hit the thumbs up. We're going to have a good one. Wait till you hear some of the knowledge we're going to drop on you, starting with number one. It'll blow you away. Yeah, that's right. As always, the show is sponsored by our friends over at CoverPrice.com. Sign up for a two-week free trial or $6.99 a month for your price guides, collections, and trends. Also, our friends over at Key Collectibles, if you need somebody to press, clean, submit, facilitate your books to CGC, hit them up on Facebook.com forward slash Key Collectibles or Instagram.com forward slash Key Collectibles. If you're listening back on the live chat or on podcast, um, you know, I had to verbalize that for you. Also, from our friends from KRSComics.com, go to KRSComics.com. Use the town code of LOTLB to get save yourself some Skrilla on crazy books like this. I know a lot of people really like this Viper cover by John Jang, and the Will Jack Baroness cover is also sick. 
Um, that dropped Wednesday, but Friday, boys and girls, boom, Spider-Gwen, Gwenverse number one, the Mike Mayhew variant cover drops at 9 Pacific, noon Eastern. You know, everybody loves them some Gwen. Um, always, always, always. Also, let me uh, bring up something as well, since we're talking about the cover price crew um, really quickly is, uh, you know, we always talk about kind of old books on here, but, you know, they also have... Uh, new books on there and that's uh, right sh show something here real fast i should have uploaded it but you know what i'll do it, uh, I'll do it. That. yeah you know i'm slow i'm slow to things but here uh, let me show where it is but yeah everybody um, loves gwen spider gwen and everybody loves x23 so you get a mixture of both of that in here yeah um this is the top 10 selling books that were on cover price this week so just give you an idea where the market is, just Karis. this is just this is just on KarisComics.com, and they compile this list. So number one, Spawn three twenty seven from Todd McFarlane, uh, Star Wars Doctor Afro number nineteen, the Sprouse Lucasfilm fiftieth va variant, uh, Venom the Lethal Protector the Sinkevich variant, Mary Jane Black Cat Beyond second print J Scott Campbell variant, Something is Killing the Children number twenty one die cut blood. You know what? I may have to get that the die cut bloody variant. That sounds awesome. I'm in. <laughs> The Immortal X-Men number one wraparound cover. This is my favorite by far, and this has been on the cover uh, KRS Comics Top 10 for two weeks straight now. It's Strange number one, the J. Scott Campbell Clea variant as Sorceress Supreme. Spider-Woman 21, the David Nakayama Carnage Forever variant. Catwoman number 41, the Jenny Frizon Cardstock variant. And Venom number seven, Woods Spider-Man variant. Those are from our friends from KRS Comics. Uh, so you can tell, you know, if you, they also have a pull list that you can buy these on. So it's not just these gorgeous exclusive variants they do, but you can also pull like uh, regular comics. A lot of times when comics are sold out, I, I go on a Karis Comics and see if I can buy some on there. You know, they're just like, um, just like Midtown, but except for they're better. Uh, I, cause I personally know on their exclusive variants, I know that they press them before they mail them to you. So once again, this is the weekly shakers list, boys and girls coming from our friends over at coverprice.com uh, focusing on new sales or the most interesting sales found on their exclusive daily shakers list this list changes several times a day so make sure you check it out to review some of the hottest trending books on the market and after we go off this this 10 make sure you stick around we're going to see what's shaking today um but let me cue up some music for jb so he can sound super cool Oh, I need music uh, to sound super cool, huh? Uh-huh. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> Rock it out with your cock out. Here we go. What do we got for the first one? All right. Before we get started, shout out to the writers over at Cover Price, man. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. First up, we've got Amazing Mysteries, issue number 32, originally published in 1949 from Marvel Comics. Now, in a world of first, this is one key Marvel book to not overlook. While this week's $975 raw sales marks a new high that we've recorded, it's still way undervalued. This pre-code horror is Marvel's first ever horror comic book. It was formerly known as Submariner Comics, rolling from issue number 31 into this title. And back in 1949, pre-code horror books were highly scrutinized for their violent, gruesome, sexual, and even satanic covers. We've shared enough covers here that makes it hard to disagree with those who wish to shield their children from such material. Now, while this comic code authority, while uh, the comic code start is still five years away at this point, this issue included a letter 
to the reader that specifically addresses this controversy. It's not well known that Marvel was prevalent player in the pre-code horror world, but this issue is literally a testament and written proof of this crazy moment in time that would bring us about one of the most significant changes to comic books for over half a century. That is an amazing story. Yeah, so that's pretty cool for uh, history, knowing that this is the first Marvel comic book, a horror comic book. Horror uh, if comic you think book. about, you know, all the horror books, I mean, 1949, if you think about 50s was really when kind of horror genre really took off. But in the 40s, you remember it was a lot of like, well, if you think about all the World War II stuff that came out, a lot of, you know, a lot of, you had a lot of superheroes fighting the Nazis and the Japanese and everything. And then, you know, this is definitely Cold War. So this is 1949. You know, I would say, you know, right around the 1950s is when you really started seeing these crazy horror covers, right? But uh, pretty amazing. Pretty cool. Amazing Mysteries. Issue number 32 from 1949. I, for 975 for Raw, I think it's grossly undervalued. of no return. Yeah, I wonder if CGC would even put that on the label if you got it graded that it was Marvel's first horror book. All right, we go from Amazing Mysteries on to another Marvel book. What do we got, Gabe? All right, coming in number two for Shakers. We're looking at Captain Marvel number 28, the regular edition. This came out from Marvel in 1973. We often mention how today's collector slides down the line of affordable keys in their budgets for their favorite character well this issue features several notable key appearances such as the first appearance of uh ion the third appearance of drax the destroyer the fourth appearance of thanos and the second cover appearance of thanos while many of these key factors used to be minor maybe even insignificant that's no longer the case to today's collectors there's there is some speculation around eon a cosmic entity and his connection to time itself. He uh, he also the creator of the Quantum Bands that heroes like Captain Marvel and Quasar feature. This is a book that was a raw fair market value of only forty eight dollars. However, this week's nine point eight sell smashed all concepts uh, of a high sell with a mega new high of twenty two thousand. $800 on Heritage. This is the first 9.8 sell we've ever seen. However, for comparison, a CGC 9.6 sold last week for $975, making that one a heck of a buy. I'm on the board. Uh, Crazy so money. back in, I would say, uh, 2012, 2013, it was my goal to collect this entire run, starting with, uh, well, Captain Marvel 25 up to like 32, 33, because that was those are the important Captain Marvel and Thanos issues. And, and you know, back then they were like 30, 40, 50 dollar books. They were hard to find in high grade. But, uh, you know, I and one of them, I, I forgot which one it is. 25 or 26 also features the first appearance of death on the cover. Her and Thanos are looking through a window. Uh, I don't know if you uh, recall. I'm trying to remember which one it is, but. This is it kind of really brought Thanos into the light as a major villain, you know, outside of, you know, and, you know, and I believe it was something to do. Uh, it crossed over to Avengers where they had that story with the cosmic cube. Um, but yeah, but this really kind of launched the whole Thanos thing. And that's why in the death of Captain Marvel, a graphic novel, which is one of the best reads ever, Thanos actually tells Captain Marvel, he tells him, look, 
you know, in a kind of weird way, he goes, look, I miss you. I can bring you back to life because you are my greatest enemy, you know. But Captain Marvel's like, no, no, just let me die because he died of cancer. I think he got it from one of the villains, Nitro or somebody. I'm trying to remember. I, I don't think it was from the Nega Bands. I think it was one of the characters that got him cancer. So it's like Marvel is one of those guys that um, he just remains dead. He never, he never, he never came back. And I think I, I like that. I, th- I think that's the way Jim Starlin would have wanted it too. So. Well, Kevin Starlin based that on his dad dying of cancer, and that was his way of kind of really? dealing with it. Yeah. yeah. So I think out of respect, Marvel's kind of left him dead in that yeah. regard as well. Yeah, we've had different iterations of like you know, uh, you know, Marvel's son and his daughter and all kinds of other stuff. And the reason why this is, it says regular edition because there's a nine pence uh, euro variant as well, or British uh, variant on it. So if you got those uh, back in the day, man. Nobody cared about nine pence variants, but those days are long gone, my friend. Just look up Werewolf by Night, the nine pence variant, uh, Werewolf by Night 32, the pence variant. Good Lord, that thing is going for buku bucks now. All right, so uh, we go from Captain Marvel 28 to Meow Meow. Right. Next up, we've got The Cat. Issue number one, originally published in 1972. That was a good year from Marvel Comics. Now, our feline fatale's first issue and first appearance sold this week for $1,105 in a CGC 9.6. This is a groundbreaking moment in comic history. This book was one of three conceived by early 1970s Marvel to appeal to a female audience. In a masterful amalgam of diversity and pandering, Stan the Man Lee assigned three female writers to work from concepts and names he dreamt up for three female leads, among them Greer Grant, the cat. Now the cat was a feminist hero, a widow who had dropped out of college to marry her policeman husband. After her husband's death, she ran into a beloved former physics professor who conducted experiments on Greer, heightening her physical abilities and senses to superhuman levels. Greer also wore a suit. Well, she stole it from a burning lab in a moment of duress, okay? but. It was designed to further augment these refined abilities. Now, the book struggled to gain any footing as it lasted only four issues, but this first issue was drawn by Marvel legend Maria Severin and inked by literal industry giant Wally Wood of EC Comics. The cat appeared in an issue of Marvel Team-Up alongside Spider-Man before being fatally wounded and resurrected as Tigra. The Werecat Woman in a Giant-Sized Creature Number 1. As Tigra, Greer Grant ascended past her turbulent beginnings by joining the Avengers, becoming a character, a charter member of the West Coast Avengers, and appearing in the 1999, now think post-bankruptcy pre-Disney Marvel, Avengers United The Stand animated series. Now, remember the super cat suit we discussed earlier? Well, that was found by the 1940s teen soap opera character Patsy Walker. She was like Archie Comics, but for a Larval version of Marvel. When she was hanging out with the Avengers in 1976, she wore it to become Hellcat. But this isn't about her, is it? Sit down and wait your turn, Patsy. This book, Claws of the Cat, number one, is a moment. It can be cherished as an example of women in comics working on a female lead character when that wasn't the norm. And, well, it's an example of pop art imitating life at the height of female empowerment in America. Absolutely well worth this new high sales price. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people get the uh, Tigra and the Cad and Patsy, you know, uh, version and the Greer version mixed. I mean, at one point, I believe Hellcat was a member of the Defenders, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I remember there was like just a weird group, and then uh, and we talked. I, I, I was on last week's Shakers list where we looked at that other one where it was a. Um, the Werewolf by Night book, or it, it was a book with the cat and the Werewolf by Night, which is also, um, I know, uh, you know, and also, let me see, she appeared on Jessica Drew, a different version of her, though. I mean, at one, po- at one point, she was going to don the suit, but, you know, we never really got to see, you know, the Hellcat in all her glory, but, you know, it would be dope, but that's amazing that hey, this hey, book Tivo, can, and- can we check that price, too? Because the read said 1100 bucks, but the graphics says 2640 yeah, well, this is I got this on the updated date uh, today. So, okay. um, yeah. So I so, read eleven hundred and four. Sorry about that. No, no, that's no. There was another sale. Uh, oh, so, another sale. Yeah. So that what was the sale on that one? February twelfth. Um, it, it just says this week sold for eleven hundred and four in a CGC grade nine point six. Yeah, there was another one that sold the day after because uh, I was looking it up. So yeah, the so um yeah so you'd be amazed. I mean, if I look it up right now. I'll tell you, just to so be sure. Hellcat was on the Defenders, right? Yeah. Uh, let me see. Do, 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 do. So, um, so actually, uh, the one on the 14th sold for 1100 but there was uh, uh, one from February 13th that sold for 2640 Got so it. Got it. Somebody paid a whole thousand dollars less <laughs> the, wow. the day after. So, who, who knows what? Helio. Exactly, you know, somebody's going crazy, or maybe it was signed or something like that, but you never know, man. But uh, the cat issue number one from 1972 in a 9.6. What do we got next? Oh, something uh, pretty modern for this list. This might be everybody's chance to uh, hit it on the board because <laughs> uh, number four, we got Convergence Superman number two from DC Comics back in 2015. Alongside collectors. Uh, there's no bigger debate battle than first appearances versus cameo appearances, but the new debate lies in which character, which a character's first appearance as a baby counts as a true first appearance. If you mentally already answer that question, then you can see how such a debate exists. There are champions for both perspectives. Pre-COVID, the baby first matters camp were in the minority. The most notorious book in this rare debate is Uncanny X-Men 201, the first appearance of Nathan Summers as a baby, who later appears as Cable uh, in New Mutants 87. New Mutants 87 is considerably more valuable than the 201. However, this scenario is not played out the same way for John Kent, a.k.a. Superboy, a.k.a. Superman. Arguably, John Kent is quickly growing into a key character for for DC. It's clear that the publisher has long-term plans which makes him one of the best or at least the most accessible DC characters to invest in. His first appearance is this issue as a baby is rapidly outpricing all other keys. For example, last week, raw sales hit a high of $82 with an all new price sell of $825 for a uh, CGC 9.8. For comparison, his first appearance as a child in Superman Lois and Clark number one typically has slow moving cells at about $7 raw and a mere $40 for the variant. We then see him age quickly through Superman volume four with a first appearance in costume in Superman four, number two and officially introduced as Superboy in issue number six. 
Those are both available below cover price. John Kent effectively takes on the mantle of Superman in Superman's Son of Kal-El number one, which has multiplied pricey, multiple pricey variants. Though it's such a price surge on his first appearance as a baby in this Convergence Superman number two issue, it's worth mentioning that the rest of these early keys seem super undervalued. This is a good book. This is not only just cool because of his first appearance. It's a great read and was the only thing in Convergence that was worth everything. I was going to say. I can't say it's a first appearance, th- man. Come on. That's what I was going to say. Convergence was <laughs> was not a good storyline. It was pretty much pan. But I can remember. Do you remember the NYX uh, um, spec when she was like a, a sample inside of a, of yeah, a, she a was, Oh, that, that she was Wolverine? On the wall. Yes. That Wolverine yes. 88. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's gone from first appearances to cameos to ba- embryos to now, t- you yeah, know, first tubes. Yeah. First, first yeah. Yeah. Go out that. there and get that Avengers 67 first appearance oh, of, the, of, of Adamantium. Yeah. That'll, that'll be great. When next oh, yeah. Well, we're talking babies now. That's kind of crazy. First appearance yeah, of a uh, baby. So now you got to go look up every time your uh, first appearance of a baby pops up. So uh, Franklin Richards, see what happens when uh, Fantastic oh, yeah. Four starts. Oh, that one's here. Yeah. That's convergence yeah convergence superman issue number two who would have thought we'd ever have a convergence book on here all right what do we got up next all right next up man some some of you guys are gonna know this book coyote issue number 11 originally published in 1985 from marvel and todd mcfarland is one of the most beloved artists of all time his signature is in high demand and any appearance or exclusive signing always sells out fills up in record time Diehard McFarlane collectors probably already know that this obscure Eclipse title, Coyote Number 11, gets the honor of being his first published interior artwork. This week, it hit an all-time high with a 9.8 sale of $580. Now, his first cover was for Coyote Number 13, which is highly undervalued. In fact, a near mint raw copy recently sold for 10 bucks and has an all-time high of 250 bucks for a 9.8. Seeing a couple of four like four out of fives in here, man. That's uh, pretty impressive. Ooh, good wow. list. Nice. Yeah. Congrats to Rups Comics got a four out of five. Uh Robert Austin got a four out of five. All right. Uh, we won't have, we're gonna ask for proof of life quite yet, but you know, yeah, it's no, pretty this like I said, this uh this book, this book. This book, this book, easily mm-hmm. maybe people have. I mean, this one, I you know that one's yeah. a rough one, right? You know what I mean. But uh, but you know, you know, I can see how you can get a four out of five here. So you know, so number five in the list, Coyote, issue number eleven. And that means we're at the halfway mark, and that means we need to hear a word from our sponsor, My Slabs. You tired of paying a ten or fifteen percent more? Join the one percent revolution. Tired of paying ten percent, fifteen percent, or more to sell your cards, comics, and digital collectibles? How does one percent sound? Too good to be true? Well, not anymore. MySlabs.com is the web's premier user-driven marketplace for buying and selling slabbed cards, sealed wax, and now slab comics and digital collectibles. So the next time you're forced to pay 10% or more to sell something from your collection, head over to MySlabs.com and join the 1% revolution. Yeah, and if you sign up as a seller and they ask you where you heard it from, just tell them you heard it from Lords of Longbox, and they do the vetting process pretty simple, and uh, you can uh, put your slabs up there. And I was talking to the CEO today, and they're going to be announcing some new exciting stuff that hopefully will pass on to you guys. And uh, I'm going to be putting some slabs up there myself. So uh, first, so Coyote, issue number 11 
from Marvel. Actually, it's an epic title, but uh, Marvel owned Epic at the time. So, uh, you know, you, you can tell, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, if you look at the cover at the very top, it says Epic and then it says Marvel. It was kind of like their separate imprint. But uh, there you go, man. Coyote the Heat. All right. What do we got up? This one. If you have this one, kudos to you, because this one blew my mind when I saw this on the list. This is a great one. Check this out. We got Ewoks number 10 newsstand. Uh, from Marvel back in uh, 1986. In 1986, Marvel displayed this popular Marvel frame cover across all their titles to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Marvel Universe. These covers were immensely popular and are highly collectible today. Though, like today, licensed comics weren't big sellers compared to their superhero competition. That made frame covers quite valuable for series like Care Bears, Muppet Babies, Heat Cliff, and now this Ewoks book. Mid-80s Star Wars comics were dying. In fact, this year featured the last Star Wars uh, at issue 107. Ewoks' low interest also brought brought its own series to a close at issue 14. Due to the scarcity and growing collectability, this newsstand sold for a hefty $250 raw this week. This isn't an outlier either, as a copy sold for $180 back in December of 2021. In 1986, the split between newsstands and direct editions was 50-50, so it wasn't necessarily rare, though condition was a significant factor. For comparison, direct editions sell for a raw of $54, and that's for VF copies on average. So while out there hunting, don't overlook these hard-to-find frame covers. Yeah, so believe it or not, the framed blank variant is incredibly hard to find and very pricey because it, artists all wanted the frame and be able because they were at one point there used to be the frame cover with just a blank cover in the middle. And artists used to love getting those right on and it become they started becoming collectible. You know, nowadays I remember, you know. Three, four years ago, there used to be blank covers left and right. You remember that? Uh, but it's just, you know, because of the lack of maybe of, sh you know, shows, you know, because, you know, before you, when you can go to, you know, four or five different cons a year, you could bring your blank, blank variants in and have your favorite artists do a sketch on them. But look, if you could find it, look for the framed blank variants. Those are very sought after and get somebody to sign uh, to work on because it looks dope whenever they do uh, draw your favorite character on it. I forgot what issue it is but there's one where it's just blank there's nothing in the middle there's no ewok it's just a nice piece of white canvas probably 1986 um probably one of the earliest blank covers i could think of or it may have been after this but they redid the frame again with the all blank cover somebody in the live chat can correct me on uh what year that that blank actually came out but it's one of the more sought after blank variants because typically nobody really cares about blank variants but i know artists buy tons of blank variants so they can do sketches at cons so ewoks number 10 the newsstand edition from 1986 all right uh next up is uh is actually an homage to a famous rolling stone cover yes it is Love yes it book. is all right next up we've got gen 13 issue number one the gen et jackson cover <laughs> originally published in 1995 from image now amongst all the content and new character weekly hoopla Gen 13 has been quietly increasing in value. Granted, it's nothing crazy, but it's time to not overlook J. Scott Campbell's first limited and ongoing series with Gen 13's number one limited series featuring his first published cover art 
only preceded by the purple ash can that was inked by Alex Gardner and distributed at conventions almost a year before, which are both fantastic books to buy into. Now, after that five issue series was met with great success, it moved on to an ongoing series. It was the first series to have numerous variants, exploding the variant game in a major way that really hasn't slowed down ever since. With 13 variants, most were sought after, though there were several frontrunners like this Jen at Jackson variant. It's been pricey for years, flown around 50 bucks FMV. However, this week, a raw copy hit a new high of $100. Some of the other variants out there, like the lingerie cover at $90 raw this week, have followed suit in hitting their new highs. So there you go. Um, My they're, on, yeah. they're only going to go up, so you, you should see a nice 9.8 sale here the next time one sells. Go out there and look for yours. Look for these at your LCS today. Happy hunting, or you know what they say. Yeah. When Gen 13 came out, it was tons of covers my favorite probably is the pulp fiction cover if you yeah, remember they did, uh, they they did, did 13 uh, covers yeah they did 13 covers and one of them was like an homage to the pulp fiction cover uh the movie poster cover um you know and you, you don't understand how big gen 13 was in the 90s when it came out it was absolutely oh gigantic yeah uh, shout out to joey the stunt master marvel's project number one is the framed blank cover thank you joey i love our live nice. chat you guys are the, you guys are are dropping our are the best live chat on the YouTubes, I Absolutely. swear to God. So Gen 13 number one, the Jeanette Jackson cover. This is cover H, by the way. Uh, there's a ton of them. All right, we go from Gen 13 to uh, something a bit newer, but not so easy to get. All right, so number eight here this week is Miss Marvel number one, the Art Adams 1 in 100 sketch variant from 2014 uh, by Marvel. Art Adams slam dunk these incentive rate ratios for Miss Marvel number one, the first solo title series for Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel. The one in 100 black and white version of the one in 50 with a red and yellow title hit a new high this week. This is a fun issue for Miss Marvel collectors who like to hunt down the mini Sarah Pacelli variant uh, late printings with different colored titles. The seventh printing. Uh, sketch variant with the green title is the most prized, a CGC 9.8 selling for $750 last October. But where the Pacelli covers feel dead serious, Adams captures the useful enthusiasm and dynamicism of an emerging Miss Marvel. This incentive radio, ratio sketch variant is a banger, regularly selling for over $750 in the graded 9.8. And this week, it's sold for $1,275. Wow. Yeah. Art Adams is one of my favorite yeah, uh, he's amazing. Uh, cover artists. And this is a black and white one in 100 from uh, 2014. So um, I think I have the regular, not the black and white of the. Uh, was the black, was the regular one in 50? Because I'm trying to remember if the one in 50. Like, and then this yeah. one was the one in 100. Yeah, the one in one hundred. Can you imagine that print run though? I mean, I mean, Miss Marvel to this day. I mean, just wait till the live action comes out. You know, not not everybody's 
obviously there's a fan base for it, but whenever they do, she does make her live action debut. This book is going to blow up. Uh, any first appearance of Kamala Khan, Miss Mar Marvel, anything of those iterations. I mean, you know, collectors don't care about, you know, what the, you know, what the character does or doesn't do as long as they have the first appearance, right? You know, that's, you guys, they, that's all they care about. So Miss Marvel number one, the Art Adams black and white one in 100 variant it hit a cool 1275 and a 9.8. Uh, what do you got up next, JB? All right. Next up, we've got Ruby number seven, originally Good published Lord. in 2020 from DC Comics. Now, due to low sales, the manga series Ruby was canceled at issue number seven, along with issue number six and seven of Genlock. Since they were completed, both series were offered up digitally only. However, Ruby number seven and Genlock number six were reportedly printed and held in Diamond Comic Distributor warehouses back in May of 2020. It's unknown what happened to those two issues, though copies of Genlock number six started popping up for sale on sites like eBay in March of 2021, hitting a high of $200 raw. Now, Ruby is a bit different as it has only one copy appear since it was reported. That copy popped up last week and sold for a massive $1,800 raw. Now, the Derek Chu variant for this issue is easier to find as they were released to Walmart as an exclusive within their comic packs. That variant also sold for an all-new high of $113 raw this week, most likely due to the attention from the standard issue sale. Are there copies floating around out there? Or was this a comp copy sent, sent to the creators? Just in case, better keep an eye out for it. I actually like the Walmart variant better. It's It has more color <laughs> to it. It's, I mean, so... You're telling me that Diamond lost these or held on to these and never released them, and then all of a sudden they started sporadically popping you up somewhere? Well, that's what it says here. There's there's that Ruby 7 and Genlock 6 were reportedly printed and held in Diamond Comic Distributor Warehouses back in May of 2020, but the Genlock 6 started popping up on eBay, and now one of these Rubies has popped up. Mm-hmm. That sounds pretty fishy to me. Just, just like when they send out comics that have errors in them and they tell the retailers to destroy them and they'll replace them, they don't destroy them. You know what I mean? You, they, they, no, uh, they'll, I, trust me. <laughs> I yeah, never destroyed them. No. They'll hold on to them and then uh, all of a sudden, six months from now, you'll see them on eBay or something like that. I don't remember what the last issue was, but they, they don't tell them to mail them back. Not not nowadays. Nowadays they just say, "Hey, destroy them." You know, there was some bad stuff in there. No, as soon as you tell somebody that, what are they going to do? They're going to hold on to it. They're going <laughs> to slap it. They're going to put it away. They're going to do whatever. Once you tell somebody that, "Hey, we made a mistake." Oh, come on now, people. You know, it's all about you know if it's an error that I want it. There was, uh, I know some issues that were sent to a shop by mistake that weren't supposed to, and immediately they were sent on on eBay. Uh, I even know some people on Instagram who posted about it, but they and they weren't even supposed to be there or some other shop was supposed to get him something along those this happened like a couple of years ago but it was it was pretty interesting i mean uh nowadays with social media everybody's gonna share it so uh, to me I, i'm wondering what the real the real story around this is but either way ruby issue number seven sold were eighteen hundred dollars for a raw dog that is mind-boggling to me but anyways what is the last book on the list all right 
rounding up the end of the list today, we got War of the Independence number two from Red Anvil Comics 2011. War of the Independence was a unique crossover series by Red Anvil Comics. This series contained characters from various independent comic book companies. For example, the series featured over 200 indie favorites like Bone, Ant, Bomb Queen, Milk and Cheese, Flaming Carrot, Cerberus the Aardvark, Faust, Madman, Usagi Yojimbo, The Tick, Zen, Too Much Coffee Man, Megaton Man, The Max, Scud, The Toxic Avenger, Captain Canuck, and of course, Gumby and Pokey. It was the first and only time these characters interacted together in this one storyline and we'll never see it again. Despite being limited to 1,500 copies, the first issue is relatively cheap at $15 to $30. However, issue two moved a copy for $250 this week. Only outsold by a raw copy in 2021 for $255. What's notable about this issue is that it focuses only on independent black characters and creators in comics. This included longtime indie creators such as Artie Bats, his character Deathlocks, Brian Williams with his character uh, Lucius Hammer, other characters like Shadowhawk, War God from Speakeasy Comics were also featured. Let's not leave out the fact that Flavor Flav and Chuck D also joined the fight. This print run is unknown, but due to its book scarcity, it must be low. As noted, this three-issue series features a collaboration that will most likely never happen again. So keep an eye out for all three issues. Did did you say Faust was in this? Yeah. Like the Tim Vigil Faust? Tim Vigil Faust, yep. Oh my God. That is when I was, uh, man, that was a crazy ass comic when I first got it, when uh, when it came out in the 90s, because I was like shocked. Uh, first of all, the art is incredible for black and white, but it is incredibly graphic too. Like it does, it is definitely an adults only book. Like uh, you would never see a live action adaptation of it although i would love to see it uh give me some fouls but uh war of the independence it's like every every character image all right as if you think about indie characters there's no image characters in here right uh, i think about it uh well shadow shadowhawk was an image character right right yeah so that's pretty cool man the war of the independence nowadays like I always say, you will rarely ever see um, you know this kind of collaboration happen. But I just recently read, uh, well, anyway, Ward Independence issue number two. I just recently read that they're going to be uh, printing seven DC and uh, Marvel are going to be reprinting seven thousand copies of the Marvel versus DC book from George Perez. Um, I don't, um, I, you know, hopefully the proceeds get to George Perez's family or somebody, but I read that online that they're going to be doing, uh, printing, uh, uh, reprinting that book. I think it was George Perez that worked on that book, right? The Marvel versus DC. No, it's, or, a, it was, it's, it's Avengers versus just, yeah. Avengers versus justice league. Right. Yeah. JLA Avengers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they, the two publishers got together and said, they're going to be reprinting them, which is pretty amazing. Cause nowadays back in the day, there used to be a lot more crossovers, uh, but you rarely ever see that happen. Um, you know, I remember one time there was a company wide crossover between image and Marvel. Um, you remember those? And I'm, my favorite issue, I think was, uh, Michael Turner's cover for Wolverine and Witchblade. Um, do you remember those? Um, was, and I think Mephisto was the main catalyst of that. Uh, but you're, it's like one of those things where it's just because of the way the publisher set up, you know, you know, they're going to people, everybody wants the intellectual property. So, we shall see. So let's go see what's shaking today, boys and girls, and see uh, if you guys can 
find some interesting stuff on here. Do 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 do. I know I should have this done by now. Look at that. Oh boy, badoosh. Let's take there a look you at go. it. All right, this is here's an interesting top ten. I told you this this Mandalorian uh, Grogu cover was gonna be hot, man. Uh, obviously, Illuminati stuff going crazy. Most units sold. Look at that. Moon Knight, Darth Maul. This uh, this X Men Adventures book is gonna blow up uh, once the new animated series comes out. I uh, as soon as I heard it, the rumor about it uh, about a year and a half ago, I started buying them up. So I'm I'm sitting pretty. Um, so I can retire. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, let's see what's shaking today, boys and girls. Look at that! Damn, I got three look at of you. them. You're just Mama showing off. Yeah, fire! Man. Hey, man! Oh, fire! Hey, that's I have a Strange Tales number one first appearance of Doctor Strange five five thousand two hundred fifty for 4.0. That's not bad. I have a five point five. And you can't even tell he's in that book. He's got what do you got? Pace pop. It's not even a, yeah. Pace, it's not even his first cover appearance. Uh, his first cover appearance cover, appears a few issues later, and he's just in the bottom corner of it. Um, but it looks like uh. Some books are shaking because of quite possibly the um, the reveal of the uh, into the multiverse of madness. I meant, you know, you would think X Men doesn't need a push, but you know, I call it the Feige effect. Did that say raw? That was a raw book, man. That's raw a lot dog. of money to spend. What, on what a do you raw think book, those bro. pictures look like for that guy to be sending off seven k? Well, nine point four in two thousand eighteen, so for one hundred fifty three grand. So all it takes is then a live action Feige effect, but uh, we're all about horror on this. So look at this horrific issue number eight from 1953. Look at that. That is a weird looking ass vampire. The <laughs> satanic. Vampire thing. We were just talking about how they were talking about satanic thing. The satanic weaver of suspense who relates four ghoulish tales of horror to turn your blood to ice, introducing the teller. No wonder they had a comic code authority after their parents' stories, <laughs> right? Um, here's a, speaking of indie books, when I was growing up, in the, this was the indie book to get, man. Cerebus, the Aardvark from 1977. Man, that, think about that, it. That book is like notorious for having fakes out there, too. So watch fakes, out, everybody. Yeah. 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 To think about independent comics from 1977, because you think about independent comics when really in the 80s, right? Teen Mutant Turtles, The Tick, and all these other, really in the 80s. But 1977, man, that was, you know, it, uh, Marvel and DC kind of dominated the Bronze Age, you know, uh, to a certain extent. Um, wow, look at Superman. Uh, Punisher, of course, has been getting hype. I mean, what's up with this? Uh, Tales to Astonish. Look at this. Little Tales of Astonish, number 90. The first appearance of the Abomination. Wow. Oh, wow. Now yeah. you guys are buying it? He appeared. Uh, well, maybe they think he's going to reappear since he was in uh, Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings. So, first appearance of Abomination, uh, 9.4, so for $3,200. Wow. Well, that still is. a nine point four in that twelve center. Come on, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. That's time that's machine stuff. Crazy. Yeah, man. Uh, hey, I got two of these. Brother Voodoo nine point two sold for twenty two hundred dollars. Yeah, buddy. Mm. I think the the spec is eventually he's gonna appear in into the multiverse of madness. You know, oh, and everybody's gonna appear. It's, it's everybody's gonna appear for two yeah. seconds. Buy everything. Just, <laughs> yeah, we buy it all. The, yeah, Craven, uh, the Craven movie. You got Ahsoka. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Spider Man number 15, first appearance, Craven. 2300 for 4.5. This has got the trickle down effect to where the people are buying the first appearance of his kids now as well. Um, I don't know if this is for recent stuff or because of the movie, but this is the first appearance of Dormammu. Yeah, I have 
do I, do I have this in my collection? I should. Why isn't it added? I mean, I need to add it because I have. Oh, you, uh, it says you have, have two. two. What are you talking cool. about? Cool. I have two. Yeah. Stop showing off. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. First appearance of the Dread Dormammu. Star Wars Clone Wars. Look at that. First oh, appearance man. of Sokotana outside of Star Wars canon. $1,500 and 9.6. Seems undervalued to me, man. 9.8 for 4,200. Wait till that show drops. Wait till that oh, show yeah. drops. He's going to go out of control. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Superman covers a lot of strange and X-Men books on here. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the first... Uh, the, That's the... Um, the Living Tribunal. Tribunal. The Tribunal. Yeah, yeah. the triple-headed... Uh, the Sands of Death. First world appearance of the Living Tribunal. Raw Dog a for $1,300. Raw dog. I got, I got a nice copy at CGC right now. I can't wait to uh, get back. I had the almost the entire run of Doctor Strange and Strange Tales, so I got to check and see if they're slab worthy. Uh, speaking of, we were just talking about independent comics. Do you hear it? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issue number two. First appearance of April O'Neil. Twelve ninety nine for a nine point six seems pretty cheap to me. <laughs> I just saw there was an homage to uh, one of the one shots, uh, the Teenage Mutant ones that came out this Wednesday. It was pretty fun because I immediately recognized it when I said, "Hey, that's not it." Hey, look, um, uh, Wizards on here again. Yeah, that'd be dope to get a wizard one. Yeah, we were talking is, about this uh, last week, and it had that crazy sell for a newsstand. Yeah, is that what this one is. Um, it no, no, that's higher. Yeah, so no, was, this is. I think this it was is the newsstand last time. Here's the newsstand. The yeah, newsstand is eleven hundred. The newsstand. Yeah. So that so, just got. So somebody just bought the uh, the regular one for twelve ninety nine. Yeah, we got we have hope games for our regular yeah. copies <laughs> we we both oh. have the regular we, we don't have the newsstand copies but Wait, uh why well, the regular but yeah 96 yeah. is uh is 1300 bucks yeah well i think you know i, I think nostalgia i think people are finally realizing realizing the historical significance of wizard comics and you know I've you been know, talking they, about Wizard forever, and people just laugh at me. I'm, I, I actually, I'm going to be on a Wizard podcast episode coming up pretty soon. I'll let you guys know when that happens. But I, I agree, Wizard shaped the the path of comic books in the '90s, and it still affects things for today, for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, all, all the top ten lists and everything—they're the ones that started that first. I don't remember any other publication that did that. You know, um, this uh, I love this cover. This is Sarah Pacelli. Direct edition one and fifteen, which you rarely ever see. Ultimate Comics Spider Man number one. Um eight hundred dollars and a nine point nine four. I wish I had that one. I have I have the regular covers. Um wow, they had a newsstand from two thousand eleven. Look at that. Fair market value is five hundred dollars. I remember they came bag like this. Um this yeah, edition and, as and well. Some were some came signed by uh Stan Lee, I think, too. A lot oh, of these, these white bag ones they did, they, they hid secret signed copies. So those are Shut cool. the front door. I still have a white bagged one. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, better open that bad boy up. Uh, this is fun. The Legend of Zelda. We always talk about how video game comics are blowing up. The Legend of Zelda. The newsstand, 195. 195 newsstand. Where are you going to find a, a Legend of Zelda newsstand comic, right? So the demand is $760 and a 9.6. Wow. That was See, the beginning a- of Valiant, too. That's all they did. It was all Nintendo stuff back then. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, man. Uh, yeah, this book, The Grand Inquisitor. Inquisitor. Boom. Yep. They, I, I believe there has been some casting news about The Grand Inquisitor. First Prince, The Grand Inquisitor, Star, Vader, Star Wars Darth Vader, uh, number six. Six hundred forty dollars in a nine point eight. Wow, that's crazy man. for a character that's like 
that nobody knows about yet. Like it's, yeah. it's such a strange thing to see it going that that nuts. I've been I've been talking about these books forever now. Um, these Angela? are absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, these uh, Angela covers. Uh, this yeah. is Angela number one newsstand, six hundred thirty-seven fifty. Whoa! And there's some. Sp- there's actually a special variant for them as well. Um, I don't know if it has them on here or not, but it doesn't show. Um, it this is written by Neil Gaiman too. Neil Gaiman did this mini series of all. Yeah, things. this is one that he sued Todd McFarlane over. Yep. So the irony is Todd McFarlane started Image Comics because they said they wanted the the creators to have control of the characters, and then Neil Gaiman didn't have control over Angela when he created it. And so <laughs> Neil Gaiman sold it and then gave it back to Marvel, or sold it back to Marvel, whomever, however it got. But just look how gorgeous these these covers are, man, for all three issues. Um, not to plug another YouTube channel, but there's one out there called uh, Cartoonist Cave Babe, and they actually go through the court records. I know he is. That, that, that's on what's that his name. Martin. The Cartoonist Cave Babe is uh, Ed Pisker. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. they go through the actual uh, testimonial records from that case between Neil Gaiman's testimony and Tom McFarlane's testimony on on the on the creator rights and stuff. It's really interesting. Yeah, I'm a Let's big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Ed Pisker, and because I he I started with the the hip hop family trees that he did. Yeah, uh, I have I have like the big. Uh, I don't know if the treasury size, but then he also did all yeah, the issues. The and it's, a, mm-hmm. it's an incredible history of hip hop and yeah. the way he tells the stories. I absolutely love those series. I, I, and I have it, it too. It's great. The big, I got the big giant two slipcase one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're mm-hmm. if you're a fan of like real hip hop and the beginnings of hip hop, um, by the way, there are a bunch of cheap copies of that Angela Newstands Raw. Thank you very Go much. Get em. Price. Go get them. Telling you. Um, yeah. So if you're a fan of hip hop, like, like it goes all the way back to like you know uh, you know uh, Grandmaster Flash and it talks about you know uh, DJ Cool Herc and DJ Red Alert and everything and the history of like the Beastie Boys Run DMC and it's all done in a comic book and it's just uh, just a fantastic read man uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him like doing a live action of that uh, you know what else is also great the second season of the Wu Tang Clan saga oh on yeah. Hulu. The first season was a bit slow, but when they, when you finally started doing the Wu Tang songs, Clan songs, um, break your neck and everything, check yeah. out season two of Wu Tang Clan on Hulu. It's a, it's a definitely a fun watch, man. Here we go. This is the Adventures of Super Mario Brothers. This isn't even the first appearance of Mario. This is um, the Adventures of Super Mario Brothers from 1990. $510 for a 9.6. Woof. Crazy. Ah, man. I remember this book was all the rage. This, of course, is Harley Quinn. $508 for a raw dog. That's not bad. Jeez. A, a, a memory popped up on my phone, and it was a picture of me holding a, uh, my copy of this when I bought it, but I sold it a while ago, and it was a newsstand copy. Oh. I, was like, I was like, man, that was like eight years ago or something, too. Yeah, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Um, Conan. Here's another Nintendo book. Uh, Nint- Captain N, the Game Master, the first comics appearances oh of Captain goodness. Captain Kevin Keane, Princess Lana, Luke the Dog, Samus from Metroid. You remember playing Metroid and then you finish the game, you finally yep. realize, holy cow, it's a woman this whole time. <laughs> Kid Icarus, Donkey Kong, Mother Brain, King Hippo, Little Mac, a Punch Out, Uranus, <laughs> Eggplant Wizard, the NES Zapper, and the Super Power Pad. $450 for 9.6. Boy, that's a whole bunch of first appearance for... I don't, Old I don't video even, game guys are going nuts on these... I don't remember this dude. The, 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 is that Kev, That's Kevin Keen, right? Who? What? What is he even from? 
there's a TV show of him, and he was like a like the the best video game player, and all the video characters were alive, like in our world, and they went on adventures and stuff like that. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I don't. Remember. And then it used to be attached, to, <laughs> and it used to be attached to this game show. And a game show, you would if you won the game show as a kid, I wanted to do it so bad. You would run through this maze covered in Velcro, and you would just pull video games off the wall and stick it to your body, and whatever stuck to your body, you got to keep. That is hilarious. Yeah. I remember there used to be a thing, right? There was a game where you had to call in and it was like a video game through your TV and you would just go say blast, 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 blast. And you would pow, 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 pow. <laughs> and if you got like a high score, you went something, but you literally had to call into this TV channel to do it. I forgot yeah, what channel it was. It's like KTV It was like channel yeah, two. I, yeah. I'm not tripping when I remember that, right? No, okay. No. I, hey, roll, I up, just, roll up one row because I want you to check um, what that Conan, the Barbarian 24. Sure. This is I just saw it posted today first, from a friend yeah, of mine is, posted that. No, go ahead. So before you scroll down, tell me what you think this is. This is first full and first cover. Okay. Let me, right. Let's scroll down and see what it says. First cover and full appearance. Booyah. Because right. I had both. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, I mean, the, yeah, the, this is the, the previous one is the first one. Because I just, I remember going through, because, you know, everybody likes that other cover better. But this is true, what you would consider the first appearance of Red That's Sonia. That's the first but, appearance. Yeah. So, Ironically, okay. though. No, 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 this no. So why isn't it called Cameo? Why is it first appearance? And then the other one says first full. Yeah. Slide down, slide down. Yeah. What, what's the difference between first appearance and then full appearance? What's that mean? Let's see. She disappears on it. First appearance of Red Sonia. I mean, you know, a lot of times it's the labels. It's like it's the collectible market has decided that this is the book to get. That's the book. That's what I was trying to make a yeah. point that that it doesn't matter what the, that's actually the other book. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I don't, yeah. This is just like the Wolverine 180, 180. I don't care if Jonathan Hickman matter. tells you Hulk 180 this is the one I want. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care if John and Hickman or some other channel tells you the first appearance of Wolverine is in Hulk 180. No, everybody wants. Everybody wants the 181. I will trade a 180 for a 181 any day. Thank you. Yeah, All day. that's why I yeah. have a Hulk 180. All I don't day. have. Dude, look at that. That's the coolest cover in comics, too. Nobody wants the first appearance of the Abomination. Okay, here, here, here. Let's, uh, yeah, here. look at the we'll... 180 cover. Yeah, nobody cares about him getting hit with a tree or a car. Like, come yeah. on. Come on. 180 no we want 181 for ever since i was even a kid, though this... hey 180 is starting to pop man i got one up i got one up for yeah sale, it's, 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 it's starting it's, to pop it's the people who, who can't who do who don't have the 181 money or juice yeah you know <laughs> well yeah <laughs> that man there i know there was a lot of people who were really pushing this and 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 jonathan hickman kind of um um kind of led kind of hyped it up even more do you remember when hickman did his new x-men series yeah. and in the indexes it said like first appearance and then you know when he said first appearance of wolverine is hulk 180 and all the people who were pushing a book were out to say well, i told you so we're like mm -hmm. no nah. <laughs> no yeah sorry charlie stark yeah. wants tuna but you know anyway <laughs> so that's neither here nor there yeah, but uh there you go. Cover price said uh, we should update it. There you go. Hey, they heard you, JB. So uh, you know, so it'll be um, it'll be uh, the Red Sony uh, Conan number twenty three will be a cameo. But, I think uh, what it up. is is that uh, only collectors care or use those kinds of terms like full, first appearance, first full appearance, things like that. So like creators. And the people who work at Marvel and those folks, they don't really get it. So they no, just call Hickman, it the first appearance. Hickman the first literally, appearance is 180, but the first full appearance and full appearance is just a collector's term. Like when nobody Hickman else was doing this, that. So when it, Hickman was doing it, in, 
when Hint, when Hickman did the index of first appearances and characters, do you really think he was just like he just went to the Marvel yeah. Wiki page and the Marvel Wiki page says it's Hulk 180, right? It's 180. But for the longest time, yeah. it's what the market dictates what it is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 180 is the first appearance, but 181's the, the book to get. Like you get best tip ever from our friends at Cover Price. Just there rip out is. the last page of 180 and tape it onto your 181. <laughs> then you have it. Then you, you, got you it have it. Then covered. you have it. You have it covered. By the way, we don't endorse that, but if <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen uh, crazier things happen. People are just buying a panel or a page or uh, are coverless. People, I don't. I, I've seen just pages of like action number one graded. It's pretty cool. Um, I see my friends in cover fights. Remember, know this, but the the first appearance of Spider or Superman is in an advertisement before Action Comics one came out. I forgot what the name of it. It was like Amazing or Action Jungle Comics or whatever. But there was an actual panel that shows the first appearance of, and it was a preview of Action Comics number one. So technically, it's the first appearance of Superman, but obviously, it's not a you know multi million dollar right. book. I think Tech Twenty Seven has the same thing too, where they showed it a month before that. You know, Tech. 27 there's going to be a new character called batman just mm. like if you just google it at one point on my instagram i actually took a screenshot of it and i posted it i didn't have the book though but i was just saying hey you know because it was just kind of it was at the height of the 180 181 just idiocy i was like well in that case this is the true appearance first appearance of superman it's not action comics number one it's this book that shows a, a preview of it are and just like the marvel preview uh 89 book or what was that marvel preview book that was hitting four or five grand last summer the miles um, morales cover one yeah 95 it was a marvel preview 95 94 and, you know, 94 and 95. that would really cause people to go lose their damn minds uh you know uh somebody's still sitting on a bunch of those and probably yeah. lost their yeah they probably lost their wallets on that one but uh yeah, <laughs> Malibu Sun is worth much more than Spawn Number One appearance as an appearance. What, what was that? We had that other. Um, was it last week that we had the the book that had the Spawn uh, advert inside of it? Yeah, that, yes. that, that was before the Malibu Sun, or is that the same time? I was. I don't know. It was before the Malibu Sun. Our friends are more. Our cover price are on it. Thank you, Matt. More Fun Comics Number Thirty One features the first appearance of Superman. Okay, it's not a cheap book, by the way, but it has the it has an advert an advert inside of it that for action comics number one so go look up more fun comics wow. number 31 there you go from 1938 all right, matt from cover price all right we're, we're tired of dropping so much knowledge on you it's, it's taxing knowledge. guys we got to go man jb any last words no man just thanks for showing up tonight and uh we really do appreciate each and every one of you guys hanging out with us on a thursday night well, most of if you. you had a good time Give us a thumbs up and uh, check out my YouTube channel if you get a chance. Thanks for thanks for stopping in. All right. Gabe, any last words? All right, guys. Thanks again for having me on. Thanks, everybody, for showing up. Great show. Uh, see you guys around next time. Yep. Uh, I, will, I don't know if I'll see you guys Sunday or not. We'll find out from Mikey somewhere. We're supposed to be doing a long-term spec. Uh, and uh, let me uh, – this is the last time I play this outro because i'm gonna remix it and do a new one so uh nice. until next time boys and girls keep digging in them long boxes peace out so i can find it hold on is this it oh. that's not it hold on let me find it let me find it I'm trying to find the outro here here he goes all right till next time boys and girls keep digging in the long boxes and this is the last time you see this remix
before the world break its zero. Created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Their mission to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. Know that the Lord is upside down. What's in the box? 